Modern Esther podcast is designed for Christian women who God has called to a career. Our goal is to identify the modern Esther in all women and to leave you feeling empowered with the mission to glorify God in your vocation. Thank you all so much for joining us for episode three as we continue to talk about Esther's life and her purpose in the providence of God. Um, So last episode, we noted that we are not so different from Esther. And as we examine her life closely and observe the path, um, the parallels, it parallels many of our own in which we are all searching for a purpose and we all go through some form of suffering to truly find it. Um, so like it says in John sixteen thirty three, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Yes, and that's one of Amy's favorite verses. She loves that verse, and it's a good verse. Um, and I think like, you know, growing in a world, you know, living in a world that does have trouble and being a Christian, um, I hope Amy and I aren't alone in the fact that we have definitely prayed the prayer uh what are you waiting for, God? Where are you? And so we did, we almost named this podcast <laughs> episode, What You Waiting For, God? Yeah. Because we just, um, in our own personal prayer lives, have definitely asked that on more than one occasion. You know, what are you waiting for as far as healing? What are you waiting for as a spouse? What are you waiting for um, financially? Yeah. And I think that um, what like kind of convicted us and definitely, you know, spoke to us and gave us, you know, coach hills was, you know, in Job, he always responds like when, when Job was asking God, why are you doing all this? And his time of suffering, God responded back with a question. And I just felt like God responded back to us with the question. It's, it was, if our question is, what are you waiting for God? I felt like God was like, can you see the blessings? And um, like it says in Zechariah 9, 12, it says, I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your trouble. And we're really going to focus a lot on this this verse and how it pertains to Esther and our lives. Um, because this week we're going to be talking about, like, Esther and her suffering. Um, and, you know, you might not think about Esther, you know, from the outside being a beautiful queen as having suffered much, but I do believe that suffering comes in many different forms, and if you truly dissect, you can maybe even pick apart some of these crucial moments in her life that were difficult, Um, but knowing that God uses all adversity to um, get his purpose done, and, and what's beautiful from that, he promises that blessings grow from your trials, so one of the first trials that is mentioned that she goes through is when she was young. It was in verse 7. It says, when her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family. So immediately, you know, we see that she was an orphan, um, most likely at a young age because she couldn't care for herself. So that's a huge, that's a huge trial. That's a huge form of suffering. She didn't have either one of her parents. But then you see that the blessing is that Also, in the same verse, Mordecai not only adopted her into his family, but he raised her as his own daughter, and um, and that's that's really you know relieving. Even though Mordecai doesn't do everything nice (laughs) later that we see, um, 
you know, he at least he at least acted as a father figure to her in that moment. The next form of suffering we see in verse 8, where she was taken to the beauty pageant. So we talked about this a little bit last week about how neither of us, you know, are very sure about whether or not she wanted to be in this beauty pageant for the king, whether she volunteered or whether she was taken. It does say taken in verse 8 for the NIV, but in the King James Version and in the NLT, it says was brought to the king. So, um, you know, either way, it says Esther, along with many of these young women, was brought to the king's harem. So was it of her own will um, or did Mordecai want her to join? Because like it says in verse 2, 19, Mordecai had become a palace official. So Mordecai was working for the palace and having Esther at the palace and possibly winning this beauty pageant, he could gain favor with the king. So was this more of like a political move for Mordecai or was she too beautiful that she couldn't be involved in it? Or was it, you know, her being like, yeah, I'll do it. Because like we did mention last week, if she did not win this pageant, she would be a concubine. And that would ruin all of her other marriage prospects. So just with that kind of trial and that huge risk, um, we see that God provided Haggai. And he's the eunuch that took care of the king's harem. And we see this in verse 9. Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. He also assigned her seven maids, um, specially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids to the best place on the harem. So he he took care of her. He you know God made um, him find favor in Esther, and that's a that was a huge blessing considering there were so many of these women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Esther um, she had to hide her identity, which we kind of yeah. touched on last week. But um, so if you look in chapter two, verse ten, it says Esther had not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. And I think you just touched on that too. But um, so I mean, yeah, there may have been a good reason for that because this probably protected her, and she likely wouldn't have actually been chosen to be the queen had she revealed her Jewish heritage. Um, but nonetheless, like it still makes it um, really difficult for her because she had to hide who she was, her ethnicity, her nationality, um, just her faith. I mean, she couldn't she couldn't reveal any of that. Um, she was alone. I mean, she yeah. Mordecai was her, um, you know, he was her only family member, really. She was orphaned, like you said, and so she had Mordecai only. And if you read further in chapter 2, verse 11, it says, Um, talking about Mordecai. Every day he walked back and forth near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was happening to her. So she had little contact with Mordecai. Um, So here you have a Jewish woman who is a minority in Persia, and she was hiding her identity and who she was. And the only family member that she had was Mordecai, so she wasn't really allowed to see him much. Um, as you can imagine, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine that, but I'm sure it was super lonely. Like she didn't, she didn't have anyone that she could really confide in. Um, she, yeah, she became the queen, but you know, does that outweigh the, the suffering that she went through? Um, but the thing is, is that God actually still provided, even with that suffering, he still provided and blessed her. Um, like you said, Danielle, he gave her Haggai, um, which ended up paying off for her. That was a good relationship and she had a friendship in that. But actually, if you look further um, in chapter 4, verse 16, um, it says, 
basically when Esther had, um, just to give a little context, when Esther had finally accepted Mordecai's request and she said, okay, you know, I'll do this. I'll approach the king. Um, she first instructs Mordecai to go gather the Jews and to pray and fast for her. But if you read in verse 16, for chapter four, verse 16, she also says that she will, um, get her own maids to pray and fast for her. Mm-hmm. So it seems like she's almost built a friendship with these people as well. Um, chapter or verse 16 says, go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So, um, you know, remember that Esther is hiding her ethnicity. She's hiding who she is, but she has these maids that she's confiding in and um, asking to pray for her. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, that's a blessing because in this time of loneliness, in this time of just seclusion, she still has some friends. God still provided that for her. Um, yeah, we think she has some friends. Yeah, we're thinking. That's true. It's it's definitely speculation. Yeah. I mean, They could just be doing what they're told. Yeah, they but, could just be doing yeah. what they're told. Um, I think, though, it does, the fact that she is revealing her faith to these people, yeah. that to me indicates hopefully a friendship because um, I think that as secretive as she had to be during this time, it, she wouldn't let anyone know that she was Jew, mm-hmm. uh, Jewish unless... Um, unless there was some kind of foundation for that. But again, that's speculation. Um, So there was also a waiting period for Esther, obviously. Um, She waited before she was the queen. She had the 12 months of beauty treatments, which we've talked about. Um, That's chapter 2, verse 12. Um, So she was waiting during that time period, and she may or may not have been taken to go here. Um, But again, God still provides in that. Esther was finally chosen to be the queen. And, you know, a queen is important, but maybe that's not what she wanted. Maybe it was. But in that situation, it's probably the best that she could have hoped for. And it it came out in her favor. Um, So that was before she was a queen. But then after she was uh, deemed the queen... What ha- you know, was there a period of waiting during that before her big moment? I think there was. Yeah. Commentators tend to believe that there was about a three to five year period, um, depending on, you know, who's talking, between when she was actually crowned to the time that she approached the king uh, to rescue the Jews. So that's a huge time of waiting. And we don't really know what she was doing or what God was doing in that time in her heart. So was God preparing her heart uh, to go to the king, you know, and mm-hmm. getting her and Mordecai back to, you know, his way and his law. Was she being trained to be queen and being respected by others so that when she did talk, she was listened? Was her reputation being built? I do believe that that's extremely important in work, right? Mm-hmm. You, If you're a woman or a man of integrity, when you say something, people tend to listen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, was you know, was was that what was happening um, but, you know, regardless, you know, we don't really know, but what's interesting, especially with, uh, suffering is how oftentimes suffering and waiting that season can be paralleled in so many, uh, so many people's lives. And, um, Amy and I both have, you know, kind of asking that question, what you waiting for God is kind of like that season of our lives when we're waiting for healing, we're waiting for a spouse, a job, a child to come, a child to be healed, um, all of those, you know, things and many more um, because ultimately we're all waiting for our for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And the waiting can seem so much longer 
if you have suffering um, on top of that. And so kind of going back to when God first brought me to this verse, Zechariah 9.12, I'll just read it again. It says, I promise this very day that I will replay two blessings for each of your trouble. And so I remember when I first read this verse and God was just like, you know, just kind of like we did with the book of Esther, name all of your troubles. And so I did. And then he was like, name all of your blessings. And it wasn't two. There was multiple. And um, I'm a little bit reluctant on like sharing all of my um, troubles because I don't feel like I have suffered as much as other people I know have suffered. Um, and again, like that's in the that's in the eye of the beholder. Like your suffering is different, you know, compared to everybody else, but it still hurts to you, right? I just feel like our family as a whole has had um, little dips along the way where um, if you've known me longer than five months, it seems like people would often say, your family seems to always be going through something. And I would agree with that. Um, but our family is very uniquely close. And I feel like that's one of the blessings of having suffered together. Um, whether that be someone is in the hospital six months later, someone passing away six months later, someone being diagnosed with something. And when I look back at it, I don't think of the people passing away or the, the diagnosis being bad because I see, I see healing. I see people coming closer to God. I see people um, growing closer together. And, um, and ultimately, like, I just see God's fingerprint on all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, you know, kind of preparing for this podcast, when looking at this verse again, God was like, just go back and look and see how many times in scripture, uh, the word trouble and the word blessing is used. And so in the old Testament, and the New Testament combined, the word troubles, trialation, or tribulation, and I chose all three of those because depending on the version that you use, it'll use you know all three of those for Zechariah 9.12, you get 236 times. Um, for any variation of the word blessing, you get 491 times total in the Old Testament, New Testament. So for those of you who are a little... Maybe a little bit slower at math. If you do two thirty-six times <laughs> two, no. <laughs> if you do two thirty-six times two, you get four hundred and seventy-two. So that's actually more than double. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I told Amy that, and I just I, I cried like, I, and I don't know why I cry over numbers, but I think that God is really poetic in the way that He just is constantly providing and is constantly saying. Um, not only, like, am I going to repay it, but I'm going to prove it in Scripture, and I'm going to let you see that I'm going to talk about all of your blessings more than I'm going to talk about your troubles. Mm-hmm. So you need to focus more on your blessings mm-hmm. than you focus on your troubles. Yeah, for sure. I. It's funny because, again, it, Zechariah nine twelve is a Scripture that I think a lot of people have heard, and you think, okay, that's cool in theory, but then, like, Danielle's very analytical, and I love it. <laughs> um, but she goes back, and I mean, and God told her to do this, but it yes, it, it comes out in numbers. Like, not only does God say this, but he actually speaks it throughout the Bible and throughout Scripture, which, like you said, is very poetic. It's just how God works, which is, which is pretty neat. 
Um, so we actually, um, we heard this, this story, da- Darren Spoo, who is an author, um, he wrote the book entitled The Good Book. Um, and in it, it states, or in it, he states, when you encounter your next difficult season, resist the urge to pray, God, get me out of this. Instead, choose to pray, God, what do you want to get out of this? What do you want me to get out of this? Um, suffering is, it's no fun, but it's, it's actually an opportunity for God to transform us. He gave us um, a beautiful example of this in the life of Esther. Um, on Kim, who was a Korean Christian political prisoner, when she was, um, when the J- Japanese occupied her country during World War II, um, and he goes on, the author of the book goes on to say that she managed to survive focusing on the physical and spiritual needs of those in prison around her. Every morning, Kim would wake up in her prison cell and pray, Jesus, who do you want me to love today? Yeah. I just think that's great. Oh my gosh. Like that perspective is just yeah, amazing. And I remember like um, my friend telling me something. I think she heard it from someone else. but um, So I don't know who the original person who said this <laughs> was, but it says, Heaven will be so wonderful. There's not going to be any pain, any suffering. So maybe you can look at troubles on earth not as a burden, but as the only time you actually get to suffer for God. Mm-hmm. And we all know that being a Christian is not easy. It's the hardest thing to follow in faith when the world around you seems full of pain or when you're hurting. But when you are in a season of suffering or waiting and you're crying out to God and you feel like He's not listening, just look for the blessings that are before you and you will find them in double. And be comforted that God has you and He will never leave you. For like it says in Psalms 139, Five through six, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. God, I am so unworthy of all of the blessings that you've given me, all of the family members, all of the friends, and all of the support. And I am so grateful that. Um, that you've chosen me for so many things. Um, I'm just glad to be a part of your story. And I just ask for people who are hurting right now and who are going through a time of immense struggle and suffering that they just be comforted and have peace or have healing and know that you've got them and that you haven't forgotten about them and that you love them so much. And God, I just ask that they can see all of the blessings that you're going to give them or that you already have and be grateful to know that they serve a king of kings who will come back for them. We love you so much. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a pull to my heartstrings this week, I think. Yeah, for sure. This is a good one. We, yeah, we thank you guys for joining us. Um, feel free to let us know if you have any um, suggestions or comments about anything that we've talked about thus far. Um, of course, we have Instagram, Facebook. You can check us out there on our website, themodernester.com. Um, and then also feel free to email us, email us excuse me, at themodernesterpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time. Yep, in two weeks. And we'll be talking about for such a time as this. We're really excited. We're going to have a guest speaker. Yeah. So The big moment. The big moment, <laughs> yes. So be sure to tune in. Thanks, guys. God bless. Thank you.